0: It is like American football where you have an offensive person, a defensive person. You then have a defensive line person. You have a, you know, you have a linebacker coach, you have a offensive line, you have a running backs coach, a quarterback coach. Like you got to have these things around your program, but you also got to be willing just enough to let the players go out and make the plays. Right. And you're going to, and part of that is, letting them make mistakes, letting them drop the ball and miss the easy catch. It's that's like, that's just human nature. And that is where you'll see it stick, is how you respond.
1: Welcome to Outside Sales Talk, where we meet with industry experts to learn the strategies and tactics that make them successful. I'm your host, Steve Benson, and I've helped thousands of salespeople all over the world crush their quota. Today, I'll help you crush yours. Welcome back to Outside Sales Talk. Today I have Richard Harris with me and we're gonna talk about distance learning, the benefits of online sales training. Welcome to the show, Richard. Thanks for having me, I'm excited to be here. Absolutely, well, excited to have you. Richard is a uh, sales expert um, and sales consultant. He has over 20 years of technology and Uh, experience in sales training, operations, sales leadership, a lot focused in the SaaS industry. Richard is the director of sales consulting and training for Sales Hacker. He also is a regular speaker at various Sales Hacker events and workshops. He's also the co-host of the Surf and Sales podcast, and his clients include Google, Zoom, Gainsight, PagerDuty. Um, Well, Richard... I've got some questions here for you. The, the first one, how do you see training when it comes to outside sales?
0: So there, there are different levels of training, right? First of all, before whether it's inside or outside is that you have to define what you're talking about because there's industry training, there's product training, there's your company's internal process training, there's sales training, and then that sales training has to map back to product training to, to sort of align those two pieces. So for me, you know, everything, you know, we're now being forced to do it from learning. And it's interesting because here's the part I would tell people, if you're the kind of person who likes to read a book, you're used to online learning. Books were online before there wasn't online, right? If you like reading all these sales books, the Franklin Cubbies and you know the Sandler Rules and all these great books, you never split the difference. That's the hot one today. You can't tell me that you can read a book and learn something from it, but you can't do online training, like that doesn't compute to me. But so that's the first thing. Um, I think the, the the next thing about online training is that you've got to define what you're trying to accomplish before you even start training. Right? My question to ask every sales leader, every manager, when I talk to them, I and mean, every sales call is they say, hey, you know, um, you know at, at the end of training, if you were to hire me, you want the team to be better at blank, blank and blank. What fills in those blanks? And I typically get, you know, negotiation, prospecting, closing. I'm like, no, those aren't good enough. What do you mean closing? What part are they not doing well closing for you? what part of negotiation, like give me a use case and a case study. Cause that once you define that training is easy, whether it's online or in person. So for me, I think the biggest problem mistake people make is they don't understand how to ask the question that they're trying to solve. Um, and I think that's valid everywhere. You could say the same thing, Hey, before I implement this tool, you know, outreach or sales law, I expect the team to be better at blank, blank, and blank. Well, if your answer is, I want to be better at prospecting and emailing, then you don't have a good enough answer as to why you should even be buying that tool. So for me, this is is the core of how you set yourself up for learning is making sure you've asked the right questions first. That makes a ton of sense. And
1: how do you think technology has impacted sales training? What do you think the the results have been?
0: You know, it's, it's, it's gotten noisy and it's muddy. Um, I think two things have happened. One is it's weeding out the salespeople who will not adopt to technology, right? Um, and we all know salespeople in general have terrible CRM engagement. And that's almost generational. When I talk to 20 somethings and, and the 30 somethings of today who are now in sales, whether they're field or inside, they're, they grew up with the technology, right? I, I'm a Gen Xer. I didn't necessarily grow up with it, but I used it early on, so I'm, I'm a pretty easy adapter to it. But look, I, you know, the technology is going to weed out the hunt and peckers on the keyboard. Like, you just can't. It's just not going to work anymore. So, uh, if you're that stage and you're, you know, my age, 52, go take a typing class. Like, don't be telling me that you're too proud to go learn how to actually type like a, a normal person right? Like it's not beneath you. And if you're not going to do it and then you wonder why you're not getting hired or something's happening, um, like look internally first. So technology is going to weed out people. It's going to enhance some parts of the training. It also, another downside of the technology is it makes the managers lazy. Like, oh, just go watch the video and go do it, right? it's like, go read the book, do it. The biggest crux of any sales training is the, la- is the amount of coaching. Second question I ask, aside from fill in the blanks, my, section, my next question for, for the head of sales is, say, great, how many coaching sessions a week does your manager have with your rep? And I either have customers who are like, oh, we have this many, they do them this day, this way. They're like, well, he says he does them, I'm not sure. Well, the one who says he does them and is not sure, they're going to get weeded out as bad managers because that's where the, it happens. That's where you really, really see it all connect. And that's what matters the most.
1: So if you could build a, uh, a formula for a winning online sales training program, um, what would it be? What would, you, what would you recommend online reading, one-on-one live training, pre-recorded videos? What, what would be your recommendation?
0: Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I built that at the Harris Consulting Group for my online portal. No plug. No, just kidding. Um, <laughs> uh, I think it has to be a mix of everything, right? People learn either by seeing it, hearing it, or writing it, or touching it. And not everything is is the same for everybody. I think there has to be a video component, right? I think the videos have to be digestible. They've got to be a little humorous. They've got to be, uh, you know, I hate the phrase snackable, um, but they need to be, you know, anywhere from, two or three minutes, maybe 11 minutes for a video, uh, a couple of, a couple of um, you know, simple questions for people to answer to, for comprehension just to verify that. And then there needs to be an immediate coaching session, like within 24 hours, right? Okay, great, go do this now, go talk to your manager, go write this, go send an email, go do whatever it is you just learned, right? I think that, that's the most important thing. And I think that, that it really comes back to this feedback thing Right, I I do have some concerns that we're going to overanalyze the testing process, right? Too much. Um, in in some levels, I also think you then have Course and Gong that sort of come in, or exec Vision. You know, those are the good tools. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think those are the things you want to make sure you have available to build this out, right? So it's almost like, and I hate using sports analogies, but I will it is like american football where you have an offensive person a defensive person you then have a defensive line person you have a you know you have a linebacker coach you have a offensive line you have a running backs coach a quarterback coach like you got to have these things around your program but you also got to be willing just enough to let the players go out and make the plays right and you're gonna and part of that is letting them make mistakes, letting them drop the ball and miss the easy catch. It's that's like, that's just human nature. And that is where you'll see it stick is how you respond. So, that that's how I would build it.
1: Okay. And, uh, and, and what do you mean by that? Like what, how, how, what is the appropriate balance to strike between letting someone fail and, uh, and, and trying to control it in, in, with respect to to training and your training program,
0: yeah. So, um, so I think you teach it. You role play it in the teaching, and by role play, you do it five times. Like I do cold call role plays, and I'll be like, "Hey, go ahead and use this," and they'll go, "Uh, hi, this," is, and I'll be, like, "Nope, stop right there. Do it again." And I literally like get them because what I end up teaching them is by the fifth time they realize the fifth time is better than the first time. They realize the 10th time is better than the fifth time. Mm-hmm. So I'm teaching this muscle of exercise, mm-hmm. right? And by the time they do it the 10th time, it's now committed to memory. So there's a difference between being scripted and sounding scripted and actually having a script. I'm a big mm-hmm. fan of, things. I don't want anybody to sound scripted right? whether you're field sales or inside sales or outside, it doesn't matter. Um, So I think that it really comes into that coaching ahead of time. And then you have to let people go do a couple of times, coach them. If they can't make a couple, an adjustment or two quickly, then, you know, then, you know, I don't know that you need to put somebody on a pip, but it's kind of like, all right, well, let's move on to the next. You know, you got to go figure this out. You got to tell me that you're going to be able to fix this. And then the numbers will take care of itself.
1: Okay. And what tools would you recommend for sales teams uh especially field sales teams to use to improve their training experience today
0: well i think from the field side right it's it's some level of sales engagement platform right again sales locked outreach exec vision connect and sell those things some form of call recording system right um again which are included in those what i don't what I really am looking for is I'm looking forward to when these engagement platforms can analyze the call for us, right? So that, um, not to say the manager shouldn't listen to the call and coach, but the teams that are adapting and adopting well are self-coaching. They're willing to listen to their own call. They're willing to go, oh, I should have said this. They have peer-to-peer coaching. So I think that's the most important thing. I think on the field side, you can't do it alone. Like you can't, it, it's hard to coach on your own in a lone situation, right? You can, the technology is finally there, but I think you need a buddy system. So it's not just a technology, it's a human piece too. Like human is part of the technology. Like don't think that that human doesn't count. Um, so those are the things I'm looking at. You know, I also like there are, there are things that are analyzing, um, you know, the, you know, Communications are now omni-channel, right? They're in LinkedIn, email, voicemail, phone calls, uh, text messages, right? They're happening on certain platforms. Like those are the things, you know, there's a good company out there called Boost Up that can try to score the system, right, a little bit better. Or TopOps um, also scores the system um, and lets you know what's missing and what's not missing. So I love those things. The, the thing is there's definitely some, it takes time to get those implemented and tweaked Right. But once you do, it you're off to the races. And then that's the stuff that also helps the rep know what they're missing. Right. So those are the things I'm looking for. I'm looking less for the machine that records the data. I'm looking more for the machine that tells me, okay, now that I have the data, here's what you might want to pay attention to.
1: Okay. And and if you're if you're a sales manager, how do you integrate your
0: coaching into an online learning environment yeah it's it's that's a really good question so the way i've done it um is that i have an online platform people can sign up for it individually or with with a team and included in my sessions are some one-on-ones right there's like you know i think if you're an individual you know i think it's maybe three hours of total content but i you know i certainly put in you know two 30-minute coaching sessions once you complete the training. Um, and look, I don't sit there and watch a clock, right? Like, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit more like the the, the Brazilian uh, steakhouse where, yeah, there's a red side and a green side to turn over, but I probably leave the green side up too much and probably over overeat and give up a little too much information. But, you know, um, and I still take call. I mean, you and I know each other well enough that, you know, if someone's got a question, I'll just take the call, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so you know if it if it turns into more if all of a sudden people are like well I want to talk to you once a week or I want to talk to you you know every other day well then we just have a business conversation about it right And I don't think that's unfair to ask but I do think online particularly for what I do is there needs to be a human component there needs to be some coaching around it there does need to be a little bit of specialization to it I have other clients um, where they bring in their team the team watches the videos and then we set up one hour calls once a week or twice a week to go over very specific things based on how we've outlined what they're trying to accomplish. Right. So making sure that we do it, they understand the content. I don't have to teach the content, but then I can coach them through, okay, well, if you're gonna use a respect contract, let's role play it right now. And and you know, even now on Zoom, it's like great, let's role play. It. Look, this is what you're doing. You're living in this world, so you might as well role-play it with me right now. Oh, hey, you know what one thing you might want to do? you got to make sure you look at the little light. Don't look at the screen. Don't look at their face. Look at the light so that you, it looks like you're looking at them, right? As well as the context and the content of their, of their respect contract. Role-playing, um, uh, open and closing the questions, mirroring, labeling, all those things matter, right? Teaching them to pay attention to body language because a lot of inside sales people aren't used to that right mm-hmm. you got to interpret that and ask right um, if you see someone's constantly being distracted you got to be able to call them out so those, that that's how i see it right is there's again there's this mix of the online piece where there needs to be some live coaching uh, from the trainer as well
1: absolutely well i mean sometimes someone else's eyes on you are totally different than what you can see yourself yeah. and i think that's uh, one of the things that a great sales manager can bring bring to the room. I will even
0: tell you this. It's interesting because, you know, I've had my online portal for about a year and a half now and it does well and I've done some things with it. But um, just in the last two weeks, I picked up the phone and called a couple of VPs of sales and I'm just like, hey, you know, I know what I was doing before COVID and it's working and it's driving revenue. Now that you're a sales leader and your entire team just went remote, what am I missing? Not necessarily from the content that's in my portal, but on the delivery side, what do you need? What do you need from someone like me, in terms of being able to deliver that in a way that works for you, that you feel comfortable? Because it's changed, not a ton, but it has. And so for me, I'm still learning this too. I mean, I've, you know, I appreciate the nice accolades you gave me at the beginning of the call, but I still have to learn too, right? I have to be coached. I have, you know, a couple of advisors like Richard. It's like, yeah, I know your personality and I know your thing, but. I wouldn't do it that way. That's not how enterprise sees it, and that's the part I need to know.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I don't think anyone's perfect at anything in the world. We, you know, the, the best people know that they don't know much, and they they uh, they tend to focus on on constant self improvement because we've all got a long way to go, and this is a time of change. So, especially now, more than ever, it's a yep. it's a great time to relook at things. Um, as if you were advising a sales manager who wanted to evaluate how effective their sales training program was, and in particular, their online sales training program,
0: what would you tell them to, to look at and think about? Well, the first thing I would probably ask them some questions is how are you even evaluating your current training program, right? If you're coaching, how often are you coaching? How often are you having coaching calls? How often do you think, you know? you know do you get feedback often do you see that stuff implemented most of the time sadly there's not much there right and so i kind of have to remind them that okay i can put together the outline of what you need to do but if you don't have a baseline anything i do for you is roi right the fact that i'm just telling you you don't have an outline you've already gotten a tremendous amount of value out of me people are sitting here listening going you're right you know what I need to look at what we do. I need to see how many times it is. I need to see how many coaching sessions we have. I need to see what the follow-up process looks like. And I need to get feedback from my reps to see if they even like this process at all. There you go. That's that, that was free, right? That's tremendous value for people who are thinking, well, how do I measure this? So it's less about me telling you. It's more about me trying to help you understand whether or not you have a baseline to do this from there. Then my next question is great what are your measurements as of today versus after I train they are like, well, I don't have any measurements. Well, okay. Well then again, it's all ROI then because whatever, if you're not doing anything and now we do something right, you know, it's, it's kind of not Richard's fault um, or the trainer. And we, you know, my, all my friends, you know, we you know, you know them all, I know them, you know, we all sit around and we talk about, like people always love to talk about like, you know, well, what's the, what's it like afterwards? We're like, I don't know. What are you going to do afterwards? And then they get this deer in headlights look and they're like, Oh yeah, I guess I had thought about it, which is one of the reasons I did to build in in my training sessions. This is one thing I would look at. If someone calls me and you talk about training, go through commercial terms. My commercial terms will include an hour or so of prep time, meaning, Hey, let's walk through what we're going to walk through. Make sure you understand what I'm going to teach, you know, make sure you bring up these kinds of role plays in these scenarios because this is what you told me. So there's some prep time that's included. Then there's a day of training or hours of training and then there's sessions afterwards. So those are the things I think you need to look at, look at from an online perspective. It's not like, Hey, how do I plug this into my LMS? Uh, And, and yeah, I can build it, you know, some multiple choice and true false questions and, you know, I can do all that, but it still comes back to your trainer coming back in and coaching to say, Hey everybody, what worked? What didn't work? What did you like about the techniques I did? oh did you try it was it successful because to me that's where it ends up sticking right the person yeah. who goes oh my god richard you tried this and it was phenomenal it worked great well now all of a sudden everybody else in the room does the same thing right they kind of go all right i got it you know usually there's more buy-in than that before i show back up mm-hmm. um the way i teach um well, but
1: i one, think that's those are the really important ones one thing that jumps out at me um about online training is i as opposed to bringing someone in for a sales team to work with them in person, is you can lose that that feedback loop that you get with live communication, that immediate feedback from the instructor, the you know the cutting them off like like you were saying and, and correcting them in real time as they give their pitch or you know showing being able to go back and forth quickly and and having them redo something five times in in three minutes, right? Um, how how can sales managers overcome that uh, that lack of that that loss of immediate feedback uh, to make sure their reps are still getting the most out of the sales training when that training is online?
0: So so let's let's make sure we also define online meaning like in an LMS system of some sort versus online as virtual. Right. So virtual, I can do that. I can cut people off and I can still do that stuff, right? I've done that a lot. Um, and so I just want to make sure people understand the distinction there. That's really important. Yeah. Yeah. The other piece is that, and this is why I I like, you know, the way I built my modules out is they're anywhere from two minutes to maybe nine minutes. So it's very possible for the reps. What I want managers to do is everybody goes through and watches all the videos so that you get to the context. Cause my training goes through an entire flow of a sales process, right? Right. From the beginning, qualification, discovery, negotiation, closing, all that stuff. But then people only learn in snippets, like they can only do so much. So what I then want the manager to do is go great for, uh, you know, for Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday this week, we're going to do 10 minute standups before the day starts. And on Monday, everybody needs to have their respect contract ready. And we're going to do two people are going to role play their respect contract. Right and you can only do one thing you know for a couple of days you can't do five things in three days like it's just too much i can't hey go do respect contract now go do open close into questions and practice this mirroring technique it's possible i could do that because i'm very conscious of it and i've learned it and i'm not saying others can't learn it and comprehend it quickly and do it but i don't know anybody who gets that good right you know i I, by just doing all of it at once right it's it's again it's breaking it down small, simple things, doing it repetitively over and over and over again, right? I get better at hitting my driver by going out and hitting my driver 20 times, not two, right?
1: Absolutely.
0: Um, so that's where I see managers needed to step up. Now,
1: how can managers uh, step up on the motivation side? How how do you keep your team, and especially in 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 a uh, in a tough economic condition like we're in today how how can managers make sure their team is motivated to do online training programs how, are there are there any different thoughts that you have to think about i mean i yeah I, I think back to the days when i was a rep and it didn't matter if i was motivated or not on, on a training day i was locked in the room with the trainer and the rest of my team so my my, my motivation was kind of forced but how do you if you're a sales manager, how do you motivate your team to really
0: engage with the material when it's more of an online program? I, I think some of that actually comes from the team. How do you like to be motivated? Right? It's very different to motivate a group of seven or eight, 10, 20 people all in one room on a sales floor than it is 20 people who are dispersed, right? You can, you know, so the things that I do, the things I recommend are you should still be running contests. You absolutely should be having, you know, the level 11s and the hooplas out there to keep people communicating and knowing that the deals are closing and what people's activity levels are. I think you can have daily contests of, you know, Starbucks cards and, you know, whatever you're, you you want to do. First person to do this, first person to do that. Um, I think that's important. I think it's really important to do power hours. I think it's really cool to, Everybody from eight to nine today we're doing a power hour even though we're not all in the same room we're all focusing on the same kind of task and we can share it in slack somehow. I think that's really important um, but I also like asking the right well, what you know what would motivate you right do you want a contest do you want you know do you want me to go find you know a little you know cheesy headset and I will you know overnight something to you to keep you motivated Does everybody you know, you're on what like, I see you on wired headphones. You know, if I said to you, you know, would you like some AirPods, you know, maybe you don't want to spend that money on yourself right now. Cause you're trying to just, there they are. Right. <laughs> I've got both. I've got wires. I've got AirPods. I've got big, silly
1: mics. I've got all the things
0: <laughs> in the remote, in the remote world. I sort of like it. It's a little bit more like, um, wheel of fortune. Hey, if you accomplish these things, choose from the prize box right? Mm -hmm. Or prices, right? Like, you know, Hey, what do you want to buy in the, in the final, what, what is the, not the final countdown? What are they? Oh, the final show the showcase showdown, right? Um, you know, what do you want to spend your, your winnings on? So that it's not one thing, right? Someone may already have AirPods. Well, they don't need another pair. Right. Um, I think that's really cool. I think that, um, that, uh, Grubhub right now is really good. You know, any of those delivery things, if people are comfortable accepting deliveries, I think that's, you know, but, but give them a hundred bucks to Grubhub or give them something to a very nice restaurant in their town where, you know, you want to do that. Um, I think, um, giving people the option to donate their winning, Hey, you can either have this prize or you can have half the value and we're going to give half to this charity, you know, charity in your town or something like, I think that's a huge way to do things. Bingo cards are really good. That's because that can build repetitive tasks. So if I do my training And my coaching element when I leave is, hey, here's a bingo card. On there, someone has to do the respect contract four times. They have to do open-ended questions four times. They have to do mirroring four. Like, that's a fun way to do training so that it builds in the repetitiveness. And then you can reward, um, you know, you can reward the first bingo. You can reward, you know, four corners bingo. You could reward blackout, right? Um, I think right now it's, it's less about who's in first, second, and third, and more about, hey, if everybody does this, you know, anybody who does it, my my theory is, look, if you can black out the bingo card, anybody who does it gets 500 bucks. If you're the first person to do it, you get another 100 bucks, right? So there is some incentive to be number one, right? But 500 bucks, still 500 bucks, right? Mm -hmm. Whatever whatever your number is, but it needs to be worthwhile. But think about it, if I, a bingo card has 25 things, if I'm gonna get someone to repeat something, Five different things repeated five times. Is that not worth $500? Like that to me is a, it's an easy one to do. There's a little bit of self-coaching. There's a little bit of trust, but you know, I believe in karma. And if someone cheats their way through the bingo card, then, you know, it'll show up somewhere in their life. That karma will come back and get them. Absolutely. Well, I'd
1: like to uh, go into the short question, short answer section of the show Um, sales in 60 seconds. So what is the most common mistake in your opinion that sales trainers make regarding online learning programs?
0: Um, I think we all think that you can just build it and we'll SEO ourselves and we'll just get all this passive income coming from it. Doesn't work that well. It might start to work that way now because more people are forced to look for it. Um, but I think that's the, that's probably the biggest mistake. I think, um, I wouldn't even say it's a mistake as much as it is hard, is that the ability, once you do it and you build out your content, you're like, oh, I wish I had this video, I wish I had that, Or you know, so, so for me, mine's all video stuff. I went into the studio and did all that stuff, so now if I'm like, oh, I wanna create a new video, I gotta find a white wall, I gotta find something that matches what I did before, You know, like, so, um, so I think we need to stop overthinking that, because in this world, it doesn't matter. Like the content will come through better than anything. Focus on the content.
1: And speaking of the content, what is one thing that you try to teach outside salespeople in every training session?
0: Every training session, all my training sessions, but I know the outside people tend to gravitate to this, um, is understanding how humans buy, understanding the psychology of what it means and, and how humans even make decisions, Right. How you woke up today and decided to wear that gray shirt versus a shirt. You went through a certain thought process. That's the exact same thought process that your customer would be coming in at Badger Maps to use. It's the same thought process that if I'm going to eat a donut in the morning that someone brings to the office, the process is the same. So, them, the psychology of how humans make decisions is so, so important because that's the piece that allows all the other stuff to stick because now they understand how and why things work as opposed to here, just use this tactic. And if you were going to describe in a couple sentences, uh,
1: what, what the psychology of how people make decisions is, um, what would you say it
0: is? Yeah, it's, we have three ego states. One is the child ego that says, I want it. That's where our feelings are stored. When we lose a deal, it's our child ego that's hurt. The other ego state is the parent ego state. That's the one who gives us approval or judgment. That can be a nurturing parent or a critical parent, depending on the household you grow up in. <laughs> um, and that's the one, again, like I said, gives approval or judgment. The adult ego state does pros and cons, pluses and minuses, upsides and downsides. That's the one that gives you permission to move forward. You know, can I have 30 seconds to tell you why I call? You know, sounds like based on what, you, what we've discussed, you know, um, we should schedule a meeting, we should schedule a demo. Getting that adult ego state engaged to give you permission to move forward also is there. That's the psychology of it. It's called transactional analysis, but I don't,
1: cool. like, sounds like there's a bunch of, bunch of good stuff to, to unpack there. Um, what would you say your favorite sales training book is?
0: Hmm. It's been a while since I've read some, um, I'm in the middle of writing my own book. So I've been conscious for the last two years, not to read other books. Um, just cause I want to make sure my thoughts are my own. Um, when I was reading, I think, uh, methods of persuasion is a really good one. I'm reading right now. It's written by a hypnotist. Um, he's very specific and I agree. It's not meant to manipulate people. Don't use what he teaches you there to manipulate, but it does teach you certain things of like how to prime things and, you know, how to, how to mention words so that five minutes later, when you say someone pick a color, a certain percentage of the audience will pick the color orange, right? Like there's just, Certain ways you, you do those things. And I find that stuff fascinating. Um, again, not in an manipulative way, but, and again, sort of pre closing the close. Okay.
1: And what is your best tip to retain the new information
0: and apply what someone learns? Write it down. Write it down. Right. Yep. I still have my, I'm still old school, right? I, I go into trainings and I specifically. Specifically, if I'm doing a live training and, and this is the virtual one, this is the part I don't like about virtual, is that in my live trainings, when I'm in person, there's no laptops. You want to take notes? I actually have a workbook. Like I actually have a fill in the blank workbook and it's to encourage writing. It's encourage note taking. And I tell everybody, look, if you don't need to take notes, that's okay. It's not on me, but you are absolutely not going to have your laptop open. I even give away, you know, I'll play a game where I'm like, hey, everybody, who wants to put their phone up here for, you know, the next two hours? People will put it up there and I'll be like, great. Now that you've done that, I'll pick a phone randomly and give somebody 50 bucks. And of course, notoriously, someone in the table is like, oh, you could have told me. You know, like, <laughs> no, that's not how it works. That's how it <laughs> works. So, um, What else?
1: Um, how do you keep people's focus and keep them on task other than taking distractions like phones and computers away? What are some other things that you do to enhance their focus if, if i was training my team and i told you hey i'm, I'm struggling keeping everyone's attention but what advice would you give me
0: well the first thing i love to do is and i learned this from from scott actually if i'm in a, if i'm in a meeting and someone pulls out their phone i stop what i'm doing and i stare at them and then everybody else in the room stops and stares at them and i'll be like you you need to finish? Can you you finish up what you're doing? We're waiting on you. That's what that does. That makes everybody else in the room not pull their phone out. Right? So that's one way to do it. Another way is to say, hey, repeat what I just said. Repeat it back to me. What did I just say? Take what I just said and put it in your own words. Another way, particularly in in a virtual world where you're doing virtual trainings, I love to say, hey, you get to go teach this. So if I'm a manager and I'm overseeing a rep, look, my voice gets tired, right? You get tired of hearing Richard. Have a rep do it. Have him lead this session of the training, right? And that gives different perspective. It gives people an opportunity to step up. It gives them an opportunity to sort of, you know, if they want to be promoted and have growth in their career, it gives them that opportunity. So those are the things I do. I also do a lot of breaks like i if i'm ever on site somewhere i never go more than 45 minutes without a 10 or 15 minute break so in my trainings um one they're engaging at least that's what people tell me and two there's breaks so that that people can go and check their email and check their phone and all that kind of stuff so unless their phone's on the table those are the people who freak out they're like nope you put your phone up here for four hours you can't come get it <laughs> not even during break <gasps> But that's that's the exercise, right? Like that's also this like, hey, guess what? From nine to noon, you left your phone up here. Did the world, did you lose anything? Did you miss anything? And it's to show them that, hey, we don't need to be this attached to this stupid device.
1: Yeah, I I, I have no uh, no, like dinging or beeping coming from my phone. Um, And I'll, I'll go all the time. I'll not look at it for five hours because I've just trained my. I I've just, well, like I guess I've never liked it, which is why I turn off the dingy and beeping in the first place. But I, I find that if it is vibrating at me and ringing at me all the time, I can't get things done. So I just, I, I often, it's just sitting down there on the floor next to me, and it's off, and I, I like to make it, I like to have it out of reach. So it's just, it's, it's, it's a distraction,
0: yeah. You know? Yeah, Simon Sinek actually did a whole thing about how people, you know, we have our phone, and what we do is we take our phone and. We turn it face down on the table, but we still leave it there, which really means I'm going to pay attention to you until this buzzes, which then means this is more important than what you're telling me, right? So, you know, his whole point is it has to be put away in a place where you can't feel it, see it, or hear it while you're having a conversation at a human level. Mm. Yeah, like in your backpack or purse or briefcase or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
1: Well, as an actionable takeaway for everybody, what should the field salespeople listening today do as a first step towards getting started
0: in uh, in online training? I think the first thing is you have to sort of check your ego and realize it's okay to say, Hey, I just want help. Taking training doesn't mean you're dumb and it doesn't mean that you're stupid. It actually means you want to get better. Right. And, And that's the first thing is this sort of acceptance and willingness, hey, I'm willing to put my ego aside just to see if there's something I don't know yet. And then I want them to try one thing, go read one blog post, go read, find a topic you want to get better at qualifying, closing, negotiation, go find one blog post, you know, and just read it and see if it either confirms what you already know, which is excellent training because now you've been reinforced, or does it make you think about something different? So for me, I'm, you know, look, of course, I want everybody listening to come to my site and, you know, take my training and hire me and stuff. But I don't know that I've earned the right to do that until they've decided they really want that, right? So, so I want people to go and, and read stuff. I want people to go and if you're going to hire a trainer or look at online training, you need to go read the reviews. Go to their site. Go to their blog post. Does this person seem like they have credibility, right? Go to G2 and read Richard's, you know, the, the reviews about what I've done. All right, well, at least somebody likes them, you know. Look, I got G2s a little bit like Yelp, right? We get it. We know, but it's still not, it's better than nothing, right? So I want people to sort of do their research about training and online training, then decide about, well, what kind of things do I think I want to learn about? And you may not even know. You may start an online thing and go, this isn't what I wanted. And that's still, it's frustrating, but it's still good because now you do know what you want. And now you can go find that. So that's how I want people to sort of walk out of here thinking about online training is like, you know, not which is the best course. There's a hundred of them out there. There's tons of them, but find the one that's right for you, but make sure that it's meaningful to you deeper than let me check the box of, Oh, I did an online training. Assessment.
1: Well, that is fantastic advice and a great first step. Um, I'm going to attempt to summarize all the wisdom that you've given us here today. So, uh, first of all, online training has become more important today than ever, um, especially in, in, in times of staying at home with COVID or in tough economic times. Online training is, is incredibly important and a great way to sharpen our skill set. Um, you want to really define what you're trying to accomplish before you start training. So, what does that look like? It's it's the manager saying. I want my team to become better at X, Y, and Z. Make sure you're really specific with these goals and set yourself up for for having your team learn by asking the right questions first. Make sure you're pointing them in the right right direction. Online training is, um, in general, weeding out people that won't adopt technology, and we see that as a pattern playing out. Um, people learn in different ways. So you need to include a mix of different types of learning materials. So video, training needs to have video that's digestible and engaging. You need to have immediate coaching sessions after the learning has occurred, probably within 24 hours of, of, uh, of after learning something for a video. Start by teaching and then role play. And, uh, and you can do this in online training. So you can get, you can become comfortable with role-playing exercises. You can role-play things multiple times. And you can teach your, your sales team and your individual salespeople the muscle of, uh, of about muscle memory of, of, of the value of practice um, by, by having them do role-playing and really have things come naturally to them. Uh, people can also do this on their own time, or with uh, with colleagues and partners that they can uh, they can give each other their pitches, or or overcome them, overcome an objection, or whatever the thing is that you're trying to teach them how to do. Look for tools that can help you record your calls, and then uh, then you can use training and role playing for, for the reps to go over the calls and learn from them. Peer to peer. Peer-to-peer coaching can be really valuable and self-coaching can be really valuable. Um, make sure there's that human component in the training. You can role play opening and closing questions. You can role play mirroring, um, tagging, uh, role play body language. You can, whatever the thing that you're trying to, trying to, uh, to coach, you can do that with, uh, with remote or with online training. If you want to create a better sales training program, uh, start with evaluating the current training program that you have. What materials do you currently have? What's follow up like? Ask your reps for feedback about the program, see what they like and what they don't like. Establish measurements for what you want to gain from your new training program, and work with your trainer to create a new plan to meet those goals. Break things down into small, simple things and repeat them over and over so the reps get better at it. And and, and remember, always ask the reps for feedback on on the new process. Figure out how your team likes to be motivated during these online training sessions. Uh, Try role-playing with with bingo cards, there's multiple winners, have daily contests with gifts and giveaways uh, or other prizes. Think about doing a power hour where everyone focuses on some kind of task and and reps can share progress over chat or or whatever while it's going on or before and after this has been really fantastic richard where tell me where where can our listeners read more about your work where can they reach
0: out to you how can they yep. get to know you better i will give you actually a couple things one this is my legitimate cell phone number 415 596-9149 415-596-9149, 415-596-9149. You can text me, call me. I answer it. might go to voicemail, but I'm the only one who checks it. Um, You can email me, Richard, at theharrisconsultinggroup.com. You can find me at theharrisconsultinggroup.com. And certainly LinkedIn is probably the fastest and easiest way to find me.
1: I'll tell you, I've, I've talked to a lot of uh, sales thought leaders over, over the years, Richard. N- none have just put their uh, their phone number, uh, their cell phone number
0: uh, out there for the world to, uh, to enjoy. to that's, that's very, tr- right. very open of you. That, but that's like, and it seems so silly to me. I remember once telling someone, hey, should I put my cell phone number in their business card? They're like, no, I don't want to be disturbed. I'm like, you're not that important. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> really? I can get back to them. So,
1: Yeah. Well, I think that's fantastic. Um, Well, this has been a great episode of the Outside Sales Talk. If anyone can think of anyone else who would benefit from the stuff about online training that Richard has talked talked to us about today, feel free to forward this on to them. Um, Take care until next time, everybody.